0: Section 3 of Matthew Henry's Commentary on the Whole Bible Unabridged, Volume 6, Acts of the Apostles, by Matthew Henry. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Joanne Turner. Chapter 1, Part 3, verses 12 through 14. The Apostles in Jerusalem. Then they returned, they unto Jerusalem, from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem a Sabbath day's journey. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room, where abode both Peter and James and John, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon de Lattis, and Judas the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication, with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. We are here told: 1. Whence Christ ascended, from the Mount of Olives, verse 12, from that part of it where the town of Bethany stood, Luke chapter 24, verse 50. There he began his sufferings, Luke chapter 22, verse 39. And therefore, there he rolled away the reproach of them by his glorious ascension and thus showed that his passion and his ascension had the same reference and tendency thus would he enter upon his kingdom in the sight of jerusalem and of those undutiful ungrateful citizens of his that would not have him to reign over them it was prophesied of him Zechariah chapter 14, verse 4, that his feet should stand upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem, should stand last there, and presently it follows, the Mount of Olives shall cleave in two. From the Mount of Olives he ascended, who is the good olive tree, whence we received the unction. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 12, Romans chapter 11, verse 24. This mount is here said to be near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey from it, that is, a little way. No further than devout people used to walk out on a Sabbath evening after the public worship was over for meditation. Some reckon it a thousand paces, others two thousand cubits, some seven furlongs, others eight. Bethany, indeed, was fifteen furlongs from Jerusalem. John chapter 11, verse 18. But that part of the Mount of Olives, which was next to Jerusalem, whence Christ began to ride in triumph, was but seven or eight furlongs off. The Shaldee Parapast on Ruth 1 says, We are commanded to keep the Sabbaths and the holy days, so as not to go above two thousand cubits, which they built upon. Joshua chapter 3, verse 4 where, in their march through Jordan, the space between them and the ark was to be two thousand cubits. God had not then thus limited them, but they limited themselves. And thus far it is a rule to us not to journey on the Sabbath any more than in order to the Sabbath work, and, as far as is necessary to this, we are not only allowed, but enjoined. Second Kings, chapter four, verse twenty-three. Two, whither the disciples returned, they came to Jerusalem according to their master's appointment. Though there they were in the midst of enemies, but it should seem that though immediately after Christ's resurrection they were watched, and were in fear of the Jews, yet after it was known that they were gone into Galilee. No notice was taken of their return to Jerusalem, nor any further search made for them. God can find out hiding places for his people in the midst of their enemies, and so influenced Saul that he shall not seek for David any more. At Jerusalem, they went up into an upper room and their abode not that they all lodged and dieted together in one room but there they assembled every day and spent time together in religious exercises in expectation of the descent of the spirit Diverse conjectures the learned have about this upper room some think it was one of the upper rooms in the temple but it cannot be thought that the chief priests who had the letting of these rooms would suffer Christ's disciples constantly to reside in any of them. It was said indeed by the same historian that they were continually in the temple, Luke chapter 24, verse 53, but that was in the courts of the temple at the hours of prayer, where they could not be hindered from attending. But it should seem this upper room was in a private house. Mr. Gregory of Oxford is of this opinion, and quotes a Syriac scholiaist upon this place, who says that it was the same upper room in which they had eaten the Passover, and though that was called an Aegean, this hyper rune both may signify the same. Quote, whether, unquote, says he, quote, it was in the house of St. John the Evangelist, as Iodias delivered, or that of Mary, the mother of John Mark, as others have collected, cannot be certain. Unquote. Notes, chapter 13. 3. Who the disciples were that kept together. The eleven apostles are here named. Verse 13. So is Mary, the mother of our Lord. Verse 14. And it is the last time that ever any mention is made of her in the scriptures. There were others that are here said to be the brethren of our Lord, his kinsmen according to the flesh. And to make up the hundred and twenty spoken of, verse 15, we may suppose that all or most of the seventy disciples were with them, that were associates with the apostles and were employed as evangelists. For how they spent their time! They all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. Observe, one, they prayed and made supplication. All God's people are praying people and give themselves to prayer. It was now a time of trouble and danger with the disciples of Christ. They were as sheep in the midst of wolves. And, is any afflicted? Let him pray. This will silence cares and fears. They had new work before them, great work and before they entered upon it, they were instant in prayer to God for his presence with them in it. Before they were first sent forth, Christ spent time in prayer for them, and now they spent time in prayer for themselves. They were waiting for the descent of the Spirit upon them, and therefore abounded thus in prayer. The Spirit descended upon our Savior when he was praying, Luke chapter 3 verse 21. Those are in the best frame to receive spiritual blessings that are in a praying frame. Christ had promised now shortly to send the Holy Ghost. Now this promise was not to supersede prayer, but to quicken and encourage it. God will be inquired of for promised mercies, and the nearer the performance seems to be, the more earnest we should be in prayer for it. 2. They continued in prayer, spent much time in it, more than ordinary, prayed frequently, and were long in prayer. They never missed an hour of prayer. They resolved to persevere herein till the Holy Ghost came, according to the promise, to pray and not to faint. It is said, Luke chapter 24, verse 53, they were praising and blessing God. Here, they continued in prayer and supplication. For as praise for the promise is a decent way of begging for the performance and praise for former mercy of begging further mercy, so in seeking to God we give him the glory of the mercy and grace which we have found in him. 3. They did this with one accord. This intimates that they were together in holy love and that there was no quarrel or discord among them. And those who so keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace are best prepared to receive the comforts of the Holy Ghost. It also intimates there worthy concurrence in the supplications that were made. Though but one spoke, they all prayed. And if, when two agree to ask, it shall be done for them, much more, when many agree in the same petition, see Matthew chapter 18 verse 19 end of section 3.